There's something unsettling about both of our uh, readings today, the Gospel reading and the first reading. Um, the unsettling, I don't think it takes any, uh, um, anyone of a great literary background to, to be unsettled with today's first reading. Uh, he, um, Jephthah makes this promise that the first person I see when I get home shall be offered to you as a burnt sacrifice. And the first person he sees, of course, is his daughter, and he's moved. And I don't think the scriptures, or the Book of Judges especially, are praising his vow as much as reminding the reader, be careful what you promise. They're not praising his vow, perhaps, but showing once a promise is made, once a vow is made to God, to carry through. And in fact, the, the whole idea of vow-making in the Old Testament especially was one that if I break this vow, me, I take upon myself the punishment. The, uh, the vows that God and Abraham make, Abraham splits the animals, and as uh, some have said, uh, that it was a reminder that may, if I break this covenant, may that happen to me, that we're split down the middle. This is how serious vows and promises are. And Jephthah mourns the fact that it's his daughter. And notice his daughter, though, doesn't quite mourn. And she seems to know about this vow. Did she have a death wish? That disturbs me even more. Oh, I, I have a vow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know you have a vow. Just give me two months. But again, I think it's the helping the other fulfill the vow, fulfill the promise. And maybe with that kind of understanding today in, in this gospel passage, uh, again, it's a little unsettling that the, the master would go out and slaughter the people that don't respond. And it's, you know, most of us, if somebody doesn't respond to an invitation, we just move on. Or at, at worst, we throw a pity party. And uh, as I keep saying, uh, pity parties, the bad thing about pity parties is no one else comes either. Instead, this master slaughters everyone. Well, in a way, though, they've made a vow, the people that have rejected his invitation, by being their, his subject, they're obligated to go. If he invites, it's not an, uh, well, I think I'll go, well, maybe not. No, it's, it's no question you're going to go. But even more than that, he comes in and sees this man not dressed in a wedding garment. And so many people have, so many saints have spent time with that. Well, what does that mean? And no one quite is sure, but I think it has to do with, and some of the saints that I listen to, the fathers that I listen to uh, with this passage, have suggested that he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared. And that's what it comes down to. He didn't accept the gift, the invitation, and thought, oh, I can work to that last minute. And maybe he came and, you know, as I sit with this, I know it's a, a story, a, a parable, but as I sit with this and imagine it being played out in, in my mind, I can't help but think, you know, maybe he was a butcher, had blood on his apron yet, didn't even take the apron off. Maybe he was a baker and had flour, an olive presser, and had olive oil all over himself. Whatever it was, he was not prepared. 
So while he kept his promise, he really didn't. It was only half-hearted. Maybe that's the point of both of these readings. When we make a vow, when we make a promise to God to keep it wholeheartedly and to not hedge our bets and say, well, I can do this and tell. It's difficult. Now I know what you're asking. Well, gee, we haven't made any vows. Actually, you have. Mainly your parents have at the very beginning as they brought you into the church. And baptism. Or some of you are married and are involved there. I know some are widowed and, and still you have a commitment to living out in a way that love relationship that you had with your spouse. But it's the promise that we made primarily to God. Are we willing to keep it? Are we willing to be prepared to fulfill the promises that we've made?